The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, progressive policies always lead to utter stupidity. Always. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we have a new Ikea that was opened just down the street. And they have furniture with all these crazy names like Bornfjornsflugen and what have you. I don't know. And my wife, my son, we decided to go there, check it out. I've been to one before, so it's not a new thing to me. I'm not amazed by it. I mean, it's got some cool stuff, good furnishings. It's out of, I think it's out of Sweden, something like that. You know, the Bernie Sanders uh, progressive utopia, which it's, you know, Sweden is not a democratic socialist nation. They are still a nation that operates on capitalism. They just happen to have big welfare, bloated welfare. But going into Ikea, grabbing a lunch is really interesting if you haven't done this. Because, you know, we first get there, of course, the upside to the progressivism is the litany of dietary items for just about anybody. So if you don't want the Swedish meatballs, you can get the vegetable balls with the curry sauce. And, you know, I, my wife's a vegetarian. I'm fine with that. Some people want it for dietary reasons. Some want it because they think they're making a difference on saving the planet. I'll, you know, I'll take the culinary benefits of it. That's fine with me. But... We get there and she orders, you know, the vegetarian balls with the curry gravy or what have you. And we have to get something for the two-year-old. So we get you know, uh, some juice box and we also get uh, one of those little pouches, you know, applesauce pouches, what have you. And so we sit down and my wife's like, okay, uh, we got two fountain drinks. Can you fill up a, you know, a soda for me? I'm like, okay. And so I go over, I cannot find cup. So I asked the lady, I'm like, guys got any cups floating around here? Um, yeah, right over here. And they were glad it was glassware. <laughs> okay. So I guess I won't be able to walk around with my cup. So I have to fill it up. I bring hers to her and she's like, can you gra- grab a straw? I mean, we kind of did this whole trip on the fly. So we didn't have the big juice box and we didn't come ultraly prepared. And so, uh, I go up and I grab the juice box and I'm trying to find a straw. So I asked the lady, hey, you guys got any straws around here? No. So now, my two-year-old, the best way to, to get him to drink orange juice from the juice box was to pour it in a coffee cup because it has a handle, and if it drops, it'll break, but it won't be to the extent of the glassware. So because they wanted to outlaw the straws, and because they want to outlaw... Uh, the disposable cups, styrofoam, pla- pa- you know, plastic cups, paper cups, whatever the case may be, you now have to sit there with a glass cup and a coffee mug for your two-year-old to drink juice out of. And God forbid that if you're going to sit there and complain about saving the environment, resources, what have you, you're going to stop straws from being used because it's destroying the planet. Well, how much water does it take to wash all those freaking glasses? 
I mean, that's just one of the things that I noticed. It's just like when we went to the rest stop here in Virginia. They try to make it very environmentally friendly. So you use the bathroom. There's absolutely no flushing. It just all drizzles down this toilet. Stinks to high heaven. Even though they try to keep the rest stops as clean as possible. You go over to wash your hands. It dribbles out of the sink because they got a regulator on it. Can't use that much water. You go over to get some soap. They've got a little bit of soap that pops out. And then to dry your hands off, they've got this air dryer that takes like 30 minutes to dry your hands off because like sticking them in a toaster oven, it's like warming them up. Um, progressive policies over something that science has shown is not the issue they're blowing it up to be. But of course, this is what happens. Now, if you're a business, I don't care. You can take those environmentally friendly steps. And if we decide we don't want to shop with you or we don't want to dine because you don't have any straws, we can make that decision. So I'm fine with Ikea doing that. I just notice they make it ultra-ly uh, hard to go in and have the amenities of what you would get in a, in a technologically advanced country. I mean, why the straw thing? Why, what is the deal with the straws? Just an observation I made. I, I figured, you know, I kind of got to set the stage for all the crazy, we got 10 years left, we got 12 years left, crazy climate uh, uh, chicken littles out there because in doing so, you make dining extra hard. Yeah, you know, people would say, well, you're just being overindulgent. You know, you're, you got to have your straw and you're just going to fill up your drink beyond belief and you're going to toss it out and be wasteful. Well, you know, if it was literally having an impact on the environment, then maybe I would consider it, but it's not. This whole push is to economically minimize our country and to control us to a point where we can comport into a global union because no one's doing this to China. No one's doing this to Brazil. No one's clamping down on them and saying, hey, you guys need to step up because China has been given a free pass. Why? Because they're basically the manufacturing hub of the world and they are the culprit for who. They are the, and I've said this a thousand times, they are ground zero. They are the game plan as to how a global economy and a global union of governments will operate. China's how they want to do it. And I can show you many examples of how that would be possible. I wasn't really going to get all into global warming, climate change, all of that BS. You know, the trip to Ikea, you know, you're walking around looking at the Gluten coffee table and the Skivlik, uh, you know, bookshelf. And you're thinking to yourself, why can't I just get a freaking straw for my kid's juice? Well, I got to thinking about a lot of the things that you learn about in international business, corporate philanthropy, a lot of the tenets of... of socialism that are embedded within the course, which always threw me for a loop as being really odd. But that fell right in line with this CNN um, report. Apparently the UN says we're all going to die. And the UN supports the Green New Deal because the UN is an organization that is anti-American, anti-Israel, and they, they seek control. And they're going to put the pressure on to tell us that, you know, we're all going to die. We're going to kill off all of these species. We are going to destroy the oceans. There's not going to be any more fish. 
I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Just listen to this. One million species now face extinction, many within decades, because of humans. Three quarters of all the land on Earth has been significantly altered in just the past 50 years by humans. Plastic pollution at sea is up tenfold since 1980. Our fault. For a species that named itself Homo sapiens, the wise man, we're being incredibly stupid. The human population has doubled in just 50 years. Our agriculture consumes more and more land. Natural habitats are shrinking. We continue to pollute. The climate continues to warm. And natural ecosystems crumble at an accelerating rate. 145 leading experts from 50 countries spent three years compiling this gargantuan report, reaching frightening conclusions. The other organisms of the planet are our life support systems. You don't have to worry about them if you don't care about eating, if you don't care about breathing, uh, if you don't care about having fresh water and so on. Then you can just forget about it and die. The authors hope this work will land like last year's bombshell UN Global Warming Report, which galvanized the green movement and spurred politicians towards more urgent action. We must also face the existential threat of our time, the climate crisis. As for our rapidly dwindling biodiversity, these experts claim it's the 11th hour. We must act now consuming less, losing less, having fewer children. I'm very, very optimistic about what we could do in theory. I'm very pessimistic about what we will do. One-eighth of all animal and plant species on Earth now at risk of extinction because of us. And as this report states, nature is essential for human existence. Now, one reason that Professor Ehrlich, who we just heard from, says he's pessimistic is because Donald Trump is in the White House. Donald Trump, of course, has vowed to pull the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Change Agreement. So the U.K. Daily Mail even takes it a step further. One million species of plants and animals are now threatened with extinction. The U.N. warns in a landmark 1,000-page report that says we must, we must eat less meat. Hmm, that's interesting. Walk more ditch plastics to save the planet. Experts gathered in Paris to release the UN's first report on biodiversity and warns of the devastating loss. The report states that more than half a million species on, on lacks uh, sufficient habitat for survival that they could all be extinct. The oceans are not better off and species may go extinct within a decade if radical changes are not made. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Basically, we have to walk more. Oh, we might get overpopulated. Like uh, Paul Ehrlich just was talking about in the CNN article or the CNN report. Now, remember, Ehrlich is actually a proponent of this population bomb lie that he put out back in the day. And that's the interesting th part about it. He's like, if we don't start having fewer children. So now we have to have population control. That's a tenet of international business. We have to have the free flow of immigration, no borders. That's a tenet of international business in the courses they teach. He says that you know, the population bomb, he's been predicting imminent mass starvation since the 1960s, although we've never gotten there. 
Now, the U.N. should be, it should be skeptical to think about the U.N. in these uh, terms because of a couple of things. You know, first being the climactic research unit email controversy. We talked about this before in the past. It began November 2009. Someone hacked the CRU, that's the climatic, uh, climactic research unit server at University of East Anglia, and they put out all the documents that showed that they were fudging the numbers. They were, they were massaging the data to get the results they wanted. This is from Forbes back in uh, November 3rd, uh, 23rd, 2011. Climate Gate 2.0. New emails rock the global warming debate. A new batch of 5,000 emails among scientists central to the assertion that humans are causing a global warming crisis were anonymously released to the public igniting a new firestorm of controversy nearly two years to the day after similar emails ignited the climate gate scandal. Three themes are emerging from the newly released emails. Prominent scientists central to the global warming debate are taking measures to conceal rather than disseminate underlining data and discussions. These scientists view global warming as a political cause rather than a balanced effort and a balanced scientific inquiry. And many of these scientists frankly admit to each other that much of the science is weak and dependent on deliberate manipulation of the facts. So we had that happen with the UN. And we're supposed to take the UN at their word. We also should go back to this article, which I've shared with a few people over the weekend. This is from the Associated Press. UN predicts disaster if global warming is not checked. A senior U.N. environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed. He said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. The date on that article is June 29th, 1989. So we only had 10 years left then. See, this is the thing. This is about control. That's all this is. This is about scaring the United States into changing its economy, changing its power structure, and minimizing its superpower status to contort to a global organization by 2030. And the indoctrination with the youth is very effective. Listen to this Prager University uh, clip. It's only a couple seconds talking about capitalism. You guys like Starbucks? I love Starbucks. Yeah. It's great. I do really appreciate capitalism, it. Starbucks. No, f- capitalism, Starbucks. <laughs> capitalism and f- the corporate world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Starbucks. That's some great stuff. We love it. Oh, we hate capitalism. We hate corporate, those evil corporations. The indoctrination in the schools has been very effective. And you have dupes who like their new their Green New Deal. I mean, you've got these people that back individuals like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who can't even understand how to use a garbage disposal or what it even is. I am told this is a garbage disposal. I've never seen a garbage disposal. I never had one in any place I've ever lived. It is terrifying. I don't know what to use it for or what its purpose is like food scraps like is this 
environmentally sound? I don't know. Like, oh my God, what is this thing? It's like a mechanical, a mechanical hole to hell. I mean, it's garbage disposal. Now, granted, I live in the country. I have septic. I don't have a garbage disposal anymore. I've had one in the past. It's not a difficult item to use, and it grinds up food scraps, and it saves your trash output. I, I don't understand how she can't figure this thing out. You know, and, and the funny thing is, there was a, an account, <laughs> there was a parody account on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Twitter that got banned. Yeah, he was taken down. A popular Twitter account mocking Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this is from the Daily Wire, was hit with a permanent ban after apparently gaining too much steam on the big tech platform. The account clearly indicated itself as parody in its Twitter name and amassed over 85,000 followers before Twitter shut it down. Also, the account was run by Mike Morrison, who had his personal account permanently banned. 60,000 followers who he never even provoked individuals, and they banned him. Because that's what big tech does. That's what, if you don't fall in line with the Green New Deal idiots out there complaining about how the world's going to die in 10 to 12 years, but they can't even figure out what a friggin' garbage disposal is, then you need to be silenced. And what's interesting to me is we always talk about, oh, green energy. You know what? We need to get into wind farms and solar. But no one's ever complaining about China. And no one also complains about the, uh, the fact that nuclear energy is pretty damn clean. It's interesting when you hear what uh, Michael uh, Schellenberg, I think that's his name, what he had said when he said, why then do you continue? Yeah, Mike Schellenberger. Why then do you continue to oppose nuclear and advocate solely for renewables, which lock in fossil fuels? And he has a Forbes magazine article that he wrote for everybody from Greenpeace to student activist Greta Thunberg to Green New Dealer Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says we have to transition from fossil fuels to renewables in order to save the climate. If solar and wind are substitutes for fossil fuels, why are some of the biggest oil and gas firms promoting them? Over the last three years, the five largest publicly traded oil and gas companies, ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell, Chevron, BP, and Total, invested a whopping $1 billion into advertising and lobbying for renewals and other climate-related ventures. Their ad blitz has targeted the global elite in airports and on Twitter. Quote, natural gas is the perfect performer or perfect partner for renewables, says the uh, the airport ad run by a Norwegian oil and gas giant State Oil. <laughs> See why Nat Gas is the natural partner for renewable power sources. No sooner than he landed in Germany for the 2017 GU climate talks, he was confronted by an airport ad paid by Total, the French oil and gas company reading committed to solar and committed to natural gas. All of which raises the question why, if renewable energy advocates like Greenpeace and AOC and Thunberg are such defenders of the climate, why are they advocating the replacement of zero pollution nuclear plants, which will require burning more fossil fuels? I don't know. Makes a good point there. Not to mention that the overstatement of 
of the output of disasters from Fukushima, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, they show why nuclear is inherently safe. Michael Schellenberger had this article in Forbes about Fukushima, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island. He basically said after a tsunami struck the Fukushima nuclear plant in Japan eight years ago to get, uh, today, triggering the meltdowns of three reactors, many believed it would result in a public health catastrophe. By now, close to one million people have died of causes linked to, to the Chernobyl disaster, wrote Helen Caldott, an Australian medical doctor for the New York Times. Fukushima could far exceed Chernobyl. Many pro-nuclear people came to believe that the accident was proof that the dominant form of nuclear reactor, which is cooled by water, is fatally flawed. But now, eight years after Fukushima, the best available science clearly shows that Caldicott's estimates of the number of people killed by nuclear accidents was off by one million. Radiation from Chernobyl will kill, at most, 200 people, while the radiation from Fukushima and Three Mile Island will kill zero people. In other words, the main lesson that should be drawn from the worst nuclear accidents is that nuclear energy has always been inherently safe. Well, we can't talk about that. We have to reimagine our economy. We have to reimagine how we use energy just to diminish the power of liberty and freedom found here in America. And international business is in lockstep with it, which is funny because Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all of those Beto O'Rourke's, they're all out there complaining about the top 1% and the corporations, and, and, and they complain about all of these businesses. But the dirty little secret is the businesses themselves are in lockstep with them. They donate to Obama. They donated to Hillary Clinton. They advocate for all of the things, the wish list of progressive ideas. They advocate for all of it. And you can see it in their ads. You can see it in the things that they do. You can see it in how they operate. So why would that be the case? Why would you be a capitalist organization fighting for anti-capitalism? Sounds like a pretty interesting question. Maybe it's because you are trying to insulate yourself from competition. Maybe it's because you want to operate on a global level with ease. And we'll get into that here in just the other side of the break. Stick with us. So why would you be an organization that wants to operate as a capitalist venture, but then advocate for socialism. You know, this is an imagined uh, idea to change the economy into a system that's been proven not to succeed. And it's purposeful. Diminish the power of liberty and freedom found in America. You know, we discarded, at least on this show, back when Ted Cruz dropped out of the race and back when the Republican Party kind of was trying to figure out what the heck was going on with the phenomenon of Donald Trump. I discarded my use of the term conservative. Not, I mean, I still use it, obviously. If you listen to the show, I've brought it up quite a bit. But for a time period, I really diminished it. And that was not because of Donald Trump, but it was because of people who were advocating the term conservatism and did not know what it meant, did not embody it one bit. 
And it wasn't just the Trump people that were throwing it around saying, I'm a conservative. And you're like, uh, no, you're not. Mitt Romney was doing it. He was calling himself a Reagan Republican. Lindsey Graham was calling himself a conservative. All of these people in the Republican establishment were calling themselves conservative. And so my theory was they've killed that term. The, everybody using it doesn't know what it means. So because of the bastardization of the term conservative, I started calling myself a constitutionalist. Maybe I should have called myself a declaration of independence. I mean, because that is the mission statement that leads to the Constitution. But the people calling themselves conservative weren't conservative at all. And I think capitalism has kind of fallen into that same that same problem. It needs to be rebranded, simply calling it maybe something like free marketism. I don't know. I mean, you know, I believe the binary choice lie that was peddled around by the Democrats for decades where, you know, Republicans are for the rich, they're for big companies, and the companies are taking advantage of the resources and destroying the globe, even though they were advocates for big government. It was always the Democrats are for big government, the Republicans are for big business. You know, like some sort of Gordon Gecko, Alex P. Keaton, 1980s, Reagan era, Wall Street meme. But it's not. These companies are run by leftists for the most part. Much of the Republican Party that align with them are progressive and their corporate cronyism has hijacked capitalism and has pushed it all to the left. You've got uh, you've got Budweiser out there with rainbow beer cans for the LGBT, you know, to celebrate it. You've got Nike out there with sports hijabs for, you know, the the Olympic uh, fencer who was Muslim. You've got Sports Illustrated out there with burkinis. You've got Citibank denying the use of its credit or banking services to purchase a firearm, a constantly uh, protected item. You know, this <laughs> you should be able to buy a firearm because it's protected under the Constitution. But Citibank won't let you use it for that. I mean, these are the things that we're contending with. How about the fact that this is Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife. Division of labor in the home is one of the most important gender equi uh, equity issues of our time. Yet at this rate, it will be another 75 years before men do half the work. It's time, time we change this. Hashtag equality can't wait. That's Microsoft. We can laugh at this all we want, but these are big companies advocating for socialist ideas. And I think it's because they seek a Chinese-style economy. You know, in China, and I've, I've said this in the past, I hate repeating myself, but international business, we study this quite a bit. China is interesting because China will not allow a business into its borders to operate unless they own a portion of the shares. So they own a stake in the business. And that's why businesses that won't give up that power to a state-controlled government end up having all of their copyright infringement uh, trampled on. They end up ceding over counter, uh, you know, counterfeit technology to the Chinese. The Chinese have a, a fake Facebook. You know, they've, they've basically got any tech that we have 
here in America. They have a Chinese version because they don't care about copyright law and they don't mind counterfeiting. And China, look at what Google did. Google comes in and decides, hey, we're going to go ahead and work with China. Oh, great. They're going to manipulate their search engine results? And a lot of people working at Google were really bothered by that. Now, in the beginning, Google tried going into China and China wouldn't let them. And I guarantee you that's the reason. But I think they're seeking that here in America. I think they're seeking that globally. They seek a Chinese-style economy, state-subsidized pseudo-capitalism. It looks like capitalism on the surface, but government pads their failures. You know, we got a huge taste of that with TARP and the automotive bailouts that lead to things like cash for clunkers, manipulating the sale of, of automobiles. We got China out there making the 5G network. We are going to let a totalitarian communist regime who has credit scores on its people, who will destroy megachurches and restrict the Bible from being shipped into its, its nation to remove pictures of Jesus and replace them with ma- uh, pictures of Jinping and, and you know, Chinese leaders, we're going to allow them who have hacked into various computer networks, we're going to allow them to control the flow of data at high speeds. That's insane, but we're doing it. Maybe it's because people like Joe Biden, former vice president, running for the Democrat nomination, and his partner, John Kerry, ex-secretary of state, who ran for president. His two children, you know, Biden's son, Secretary of State Kerry's son, suddenly working with the Chinese, helping the Chinese buy American businesses that have stealth technology for military weapons and and air flight, aircraft. Really? We don't care about this stuff? We've got the resistance trying to work with people within the bureaucracy being funded and helped by China. Ron Hansen was the uh, person's name who was uh, convicted uh, just in these last in the last month. The way he was caught was he attempted to recruit for the Chinese another DIA officer. And in as part of that pitch, he was very anti-Trump and part of the resist movement. And he used that as part of the motivator that he tried to use against his fellow DIA officer, hoping that this officer's political views being anti-Trump, being part of the resist movement, would be enough to motivate him to betray his country. And this isn't the first time that we've seen, by the way, uh, someone who considers himself a member of resistance to commit leaking, is it? That's correct. There was another case very similar to this of Reality Winner. That was her actual name. She was convicted of of, uh, removing classified information that she believed would hurt Trump and releasing it to the press to get it out to try and damage President Trump. The Chinese are very active operating against the United States. They're very active in the South China Sea. And this is one part of it. Now, They've had a, uh, a long-term program operating here in the United States where they're making phone calls against uh, all sorts of former people. They were the ones that hacked the Office of Personnel Management, and they've been going down the list of those people making phone calls. I get those phone calls. Everyone I know that's retired out of the CIA, even active CIA and other people, DIA, are getting these phone calls from the Chinese intelligence. And nobody's and we know, talking course, about it. We also, of course, know what the Chinese did uh, throughout the 2010s with the CIA network within China. Apparently, what is being published 
Republic reported this. They wrapped up the whole CIA intelligence collection uh, platform that was that was operating inside China, reporting on Chinese secrets. They wrapped the whole thing up and have been reported to have executed 19 people out of that and arrested another handful, maybe six or seven or eight additional people arrested that were not executed. Now, how did they capture all of that information? What's been reported publicly by the agency, apparently leaked by the agency, it was the Kamo plan. But, uh, you know, having done that for an entire career, I don't believe it. There's more to that story that has not surfaced yet. How can they screen, possibly, to prevent things like this from happening again? These people from the radical left that have that have gotten into government circles where they hold clearances and something, that needs to be looked at as a weakness. And some of those people need to be weeded out. You know, it's funny because I also believe that's why the news media is so leftist and so resistance, just like the people in the DOJ and the people in the bureaucracy that China is using to fight against our own government. Because the news media wants that government financial backing. Ratings don't matter at that point. You can say whatever you want, and if it's not successful, does not matter. So we have to look at these things. We have to look at the fact that big businesses are siding with government and siding with progressivism to shut down people, like the parody account of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, shut down by Twitter. How about the Facebook bans? In fact, Facebook has even said, oh, we're going to ban InfoWars, Alex Jones, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, I don't agree with that, but it's their platform. But at the same time, think about it. They're coming for you next. But here's the interesting twist to it, is not only did they they, you know, banned Farrakhan. Mr. Uh, calls Jews termites. I think they did that as a sacrifice. Do you really think Farrakhan cares about his Facebook account? He's been saying this stuff for decades. Facebook didn't even exist to him. And he was out there amassing conventions with Colin Powell sitting in the, in the stands and Obama taking photos with him. He didn't, that was a sacrificial lamb. That was the left going, see, we're pretty uh, bipartisan on who we ban. But the difference, the difference is if you as an individual decide you're going to share something from Alex Jones Infowars after Infowars was banned, or you're going to get on the social media platform and call out the social media platforms in defense of Alex Jones and Infowars, you'll be banned too. So, you know, the Overton window has been thrown open quite a bit. The Democrat Party is not the party of JFK. There's only the commiecrats. And you can run a freaking thimble from the Monopoly game against any of their candidates, and I myself will be voting for the thimble until we get a new party rolling, you know? Wait until all those social media companies remove all of their users, like myself, that have differing political views. They will build themselves a thought bubble. And when another election happens and they're blindsided by rejection of leftism, they'll question, what happened? Why? They may want to remove voices to make rooms sound nice, platforms be conversationally healthy, but those people that they've removed, they still have views, they still have beliefs, they still vote. You can have a nice platform to circle jerk each other off in, high-fiving each other, just smelling your own, your own toots, but the outside world still turns. And you'll destroy your business and prop up an ideology. But these companies don't learn because leftists just burn cash away to prop these companies up. They'll fund them no matter what. Just as CNN destroyed its credibility and ratings, yet they still exist. Who's funding CNN? Not the free market. 
And the same's going to happen to social media. You just got to expect it. But realize those who've experienced freedom will fight before they have it taken away. And you can eliminate the voices from your platform to cultivate a pretend reality. But at the end of the day, we believe what we believe, whether we're on here or not. And we vote. So throw open the Overton window, crazy leftist. The more you go off the rails, the more you will lose elections. Even if you have to actively dupe impressionable college kids, advocate for the voting rights of felons and illegal aliens, you're only polarizing the citizenry. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, Four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking. Outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours. Look, we all know the tech companies are out to squash conservatism, that they've aligned themselves with the progressive causes we know that propaganda is being built by Netflix for Obama, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We know that the tech companies are lining up to dump money into the pockets of Hillary Clinton, Obama's campaign back in the past. They're rooting out any sort of conservatism, any sort of dissent, not even conservatism, because some of these platforms, again, like I said, conservatism once meant something, but it doesn't anymore. Just opposition and dissent they're removing them out of the way under the auspice of fake news and they're doing so because they're gearing up for the 2020 election they're rooting out slowly anything that may fall in the way of dissent towards their progressive candidates and they're doing this because they have a bigger goal in mind we have to prepare america to contort to a global union. Tech companies, they seem to be the most transparent in their attacks on conservative viewpoints and stances, but it ain't just the tech companies, gang. Gillette, they're out there doing ads about toxic masculinity, and then they turn around and glorify obesity with this hugely overweight woman being comfortable in your size. You know, same people that are considered fat-shaming, if you call that out, are the same ones that are scrutinizing you over your diet. Just like we heard from that clip. The United Nations is saying, what are the things that we have to do to put ourselves in a better position for the environment? Well, we have to quit eating red meat. Well, they're doing meatless Mondays over there in New York. You know, William Wilhelm, the groundhog slayer. Bill de Blasio, the mayor, outlawing hot dogs, outlawing red meat at government institutions. I mean, well, well, there you go. We got to walk more. So we have to take light rail and we have to take high speed trains. Well, they're doing that because they want to control your freedom. 
You think I'm lying? Look at what they did in Venezuela when the protesters became too heavy for them to handle. They shut down the public transportation. And what do they say to do in the, in the UK Daily Mail article that goes along with that UN study? We got to walk more. Yeah, Americans, you need to walk. The majority of the people that I know live 30 minutes from their job. You got to walk there. Maybe take a bike. It's, it's ridiculous. Un- unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio, you could fly on in and then chastise everybody for not walking. And the elitism is what you have to worry about here. And so the same thing happens with population control. Free flow of immigration. These are all things that are taught in international business. Corporate philanthropy. You are supposed to take a portion of your revenue as the church of the First National Church of Gov and find a charity to put it into. That sounds great. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Give back to the community. Makes you look great. Well, some of these charities aren't really charities. They are government institutions, 501c4s that you can funnel money to for campaigns and for different progressive causes. And it's their right to do so. It's their business. But some of them are publicly traded companies that you buy shares in, that your 401k pays in. And see, what we have to think of is how they're reimagining the world. Think about this. If you're an international business and you had the opportunity to get on the ground floor of a new government to position yourself to be in the top of the market within this new global union, you'd probably make a lot of effort to do so. And currently, right now, as an international business, you have to go through a lot of hoops, red tape, and laws and regulations in every single country that, that conflicts with customs, that conflicts with religion in their, in, their, in their government, whatever the case may be. Not to mention, they're missing out on large swaths of population. You know, look at all the markets that they miss out on. Iran, China, those people are unavailable for sale. If we can only get those millions and millions of people to be buying our product, we can make tons of revenue. So if you can placate the demands of a, of a one centralized government, preferably a global union with a one-stop shop for laws and regulations in an open marketplace where you now have tons of new customers and you can utilize levels of production across countries under this one union, it works out for you in the long run. You don't have to go out and bribe multiple governments, multiple politicians within those governments. You don't need to send multiple lobbyists out to get whatever regulation crafted in your favor in all the different multiple countries across the globe. You don't need huge staff uh, tax accountants and, and, and CPA firms costing you millions to navigate through the multiple tax filings of every single solitary nation. And what they're trying to do is, from a global perspective, is to make America California. You know, we're going to be the nice, well-off state. You know, we're going to be the Beverly Hills, the Burbank. Now, we're also going to be Compton. We're also going to be Watts because that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But we're not going to be Illinois. We're not going to be Chicago. We'll let North Korea be Chicago. And so what we'll do is we'll make sure that all of the service and all of the, all of the different functions of high-tech aspects come from the global California and America, but then Singapore, Vietnam, Bangladesh, they can be the deep ghetto 
of this one world government and we can just have them handle the manufacturing. And it's one of the ways that they're going to contort America into a Chinese style economy in a global union. They have to do this through the United Nations. Look at population control. That's what abortion's really about. It's not women's health. They're out there talking about women's health. They're out there, you know, they're, they're trying to say, oh, well, this is a, a woman who has this growth within them and that growth is impeding upon their rights. That's not what it's about. Not in the least. This right here is about what I've said before, population control. This is what Margaret Sanger talked about in the very beginning. And then you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mad about the fact that Georgia has pushed back by saying it's going to put this heartbeat bill in. And she says six weeks pregnant equals two weeks late on your period. Most of the men writing these bills don't know the first thing about a woman's body outside of the things they want from it. Yeah, and most of the people penning these stupid tweets don't even know what a garbage disposal is, right? Insincorator? The insincorator Bay Guevara Ocasio-Cortez? It's, it's, she's saying it's a backdoor ban. You know what a backdoor ban is? Banning bump stocks, banning magazine capacity, banning certain functions of a firearm that load efficient, uh, efficiently. That's a backdoor ban. You think we're talking about gun control? Gun control's in the list because you can't, you can't have a global union without gun control. It's not going to go down. And these are things that we need to keep in mind. We need to worry about the fact that, the, that if you go through, you want, you want real confirmation about how global warming is a bunch of crap? Just look at the climate gate scandal. We had this article out. Clim- climate anxiety is real, but there's something you can do about it from CNN. And this is an actual quote. A student in Wendy Peterson Boring's climate change focus class said she woke up at 2 a.m. and then cried for two solid hours about the warming ocean. And she is a computer science major. Well, maybe you could have helped the U.N. and the climactic research unit input the correct data into their computer models. Because that's what happened. These are quotes from some of these. The Telegraph UK talked about this. What we are looking into is the small group of scientists who have for years been more influential in driving worldwide alarm over the global warming uh, crisis than any others. And at the heart of the UN's intergovernmental uh, panel on climate change, the emails that were hacked into apparently show researchers discussing how to spin climate data and how that information should be presented to the media. One damning email, he appears to call for the death of a climate change skeptic as cheering news. That's from the UK Daily Daily Mail. And one of the great things is, (laughs) I kid you not, this is what they said in one of their articles. This is from the New York Times. But several scientists whose names appear in the email messages said they're merely revealed they, re- they merely revealed that scientists were human and did nothing to undercut the body of research on global warming. Science doesn't work because we're all nice, says Gavin Schmidt, a climatologist for NASA, whose email exchanges with a colleague of a variety of climate studies were in the cache. Newton may have been an ass, but the theory of gravity still works. Well, that's a nice cop-out because suddenly scientists can be wrong about the scientific research that they want us to design and reimagine our economy on. And then you find out that some of the items they used to collect the data were Chinese built. Yeah, we know the deal. We know that climate change 
is a ruse and it is a battering ram used to destroy our economy, to destroy our consumption, to destroy our efficiency, to destroy how we operate with energy, to weaken America, to set us up for a global union under the U.N. with a Chinese style economy. Now, I don't see this being an easy task because luckily for us, we threw in a firebomb like Donald Trump. But what comes after? What happens when he's gone? Not that he's the savior, but he did put up a nice little roadblock. He is messing with Chinese and the tariffs, and I'm not a big fan of manipulating tariffs, but that is being hashed out as we speak. He did send ships out to Iran, and Iran has said that they have taken their stuff off the table in the Iran nuclear deal. So we are now getting to a point where we need to address that, which is fine with me. They cried death to America. You're not going to get a deal out of them that works in our favor. But we have to worry about this new class of leftist and the fact that the indoctrinated youth are more than happy to accept all of these measures, climate change, abortion, what have you, as fact and as necessary. So that's one of the things we have to really be concerned about. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 50 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo50.com. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m., you can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parler, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.